Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 37. After our weekly segments, we are going to chat about limiting beliefs. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning, Beth. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, Today is my daughter's fourth birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, I'm reminiscing a little bit about the past four years. She's in school today because, I mean, we just had, we're recording this a week before. So um, it was just Labor Day weekend. And I was like, she's going to go to school. She's been off for four days. There's, she gets to celebrate at school. I never got to do that with a summer birthday. So (laughs) I feel like that's, that's an okay thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I never got to have school off on my birthday. Is that a thing? Do people do that? People people do that. I know, like, I had coworkers or bosses that would take the day off of work on their kid's birthday and their kid would be off. Now, I feel like part mm-hmm. of it's, like, when their kids are older and they've got two or three kids, it's just, like, parents take off on the kid's birthday, the other kids go to school, and it's a day just for that kid. Oh, Okay. I guess that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's there's something special to be said about it, but with her birthday being, um, la- like, Labor Day weekend, we're going to have plenty of time to celebrate around that time, and my other one's going to be in the middle of the summer, so there you go. unfair. So Yeah, that makes it a little easy. Yeah, I guess Remy will be during school time. I have lots of time to think about that. <laughs> plenty. <laughs> All right. Speaking of kids, shall we talk about our real mom moments of the week? Yes. So mine is me slamming my kid's thumb door in the car. And now his nail is completely black. And it hasn't fallen off yet. It's been a week now. But um, yeah, that was a little rough. I felt pretty bad. Um, but I kind of had this whole thing where I did an Insta story about it, about it. I'm like, I'm having guilt about not feeling mom guilt over this because I've just kind of made it my mission to not really have mom guilt. And I didn't. I was like, I feel really bad that I did it, but I didn't mean to do it. It wasn't on purpose. You know what I mean? Like, and once you do something like that, like it's done, I'll probably, hopefully <laughs> never do it again because I'll triple check every time now that there's no thumbs in the door. And... um yeah, I mean, I'm over it. I feel bad whenever I see it, but <laughs> he's using it fine. He didn't go to the doctors or anything like that. I'm like, he has full range of motion. Like, what are they going to do? Exposing him to radiation. Yeah. I'm yes. like, if they x-ray it, then it's just exposing him to radiation, and then they're still going to do nothing. So if it doesn't change the treatment plan, I'm not, I'm not wasting my time or exposing him to radiation. <laughs> I saw something going through Facebook and it was like, whether you bottle feed or breastfeed, whether you, um, a cloth diaper or disposable diaper, no matter what you do, everybody has slammed their kid's head on the side of the door when they get them into the car seat. (laughs) Yeah, I've done that too, for sure. (laughs) So (laughs) they're all just rites of passage. Totally. Totally. How about you with yours? So mine was mostly last week and and I will say that I was more cognizant of it based on all of our stress episodes and we were talking about kind of what what are things that we value and 
then how it then leads to stress. And something that I value a lot is my time. And it's like, I find my time to be very precious and I'm very particular about how I use my time. And I don't like time to be, in my mind, wasted. So I've realized that because I value that so much, that is one of my biggest fights with my my older daughter, who's now four, is because I say, hey, you need to get dressed now so that we can go do X, Y, Z. Usually it's something fun for her. So it's not like I'm dragging her to do something she doesn't want to do. It's like, hey, we're going to go to the library, which she loves, with your best friend, which she loves, but you need to go to the bathroom and get dressed. Okay. And she keeps playing. You need to do it now. Okay, and she keeps playing. Or, in a minute, Mom. And it is just like, and then it becomes, okay, then we're not going to go. And then, epic meltdown. So, I was really struggling with the balance of, okay, how do I teach her the value of time? She doesn't understand what one minute versus five minutes is, or even half an hour, so... I've tried that kind of thing, but it just, it, she doesn't get it. She's still young. She doesn't understand that concept yet. And while I would expect her to understand now versus later, there's still, you know, it's like in her mind, it's like, no, I'm in the middle of a play scheme. I need to finish this play scheme because they're always very complex. And so she just, I just need to kind of respect that and, set up our environment a little bit better so that we don't have those fights. But, um, so I'm trying not to, to let that be bad stress and just kind of allow it to be something like, Hey, this is why I'm stressful. I'm, this is why this makes me frustrated. And, you know, we can maybe do things about it, but maybe not. This is partly who she is. That is definitely doesn't seem to be as big of a value for her timeliness as it is for me. I love that. I love that realization. And just like that, like mindfulness around that because yeah, knowing where, what we value is so important because then you can start identifying things. And then sometimes you can be like, well, I value time, but I also value her like developing as an independent person. And so you're like, well, in this moment, which one do I care about more? And then you get to decide and then you get to either pluck her up and get her dressed for her or <laughs> let her keep playing. And it's like, that's your choice in that moment. You can do whichever one is just the right one in that moment, you know? <laughs> so that's awesome. Definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. So how about our tips of the week? So my tip of the week I just did last night is to cook two chickens, which sounds a little <laughs> bit weird. But so I like to make soup usually once a week, maybe once every couple weeks. And in my mind, having your own broth, your own homemade broth to make soup just makes the soup tastes so much better. And I'm getting low on soup. So what do I need to do? Well, I need bones to make soup. So every time I want to make broth, I just buy two rotisserie chickens or not like rotisserie style. So they haven't been cooked yet. So just two chickens. Yeah, essentially. (laughs) And I, that's our dinner that night. I put like uh, carrots and sweet potatoes and onions in the bottom of the pan and they soak up all these yummy juices. And then I carve them off the bone throw all the bones in the pot I take some chicken feet out of the freezer throw them in the pot and then I have chicken left over for the week which is great I separated it into breasts and like thighs and legs so that you know if we want to just leftover chicken we can eat the ones on the bone if I wanted to make chicken salad I can just grab that 
and then we eat dinner and then I pour some water, some apple cider vinegar and salt into the instant pot with the bones. I turn it on at night and then in the morning it's like been on keep warm all night but it's cool enough to actually jar so I don't have to like burn myself or accidentally break a jar in the process which I have done once and now I have four quarts of broth in the fridge and it took almost no extra time and I got to like kind of fit it into my normal routines so that's my time that's awesome I'm I never make but I'm really bad about making bone broth I like I don't know (laughs) I feel like it's it is good when you do it right (laughs) I never do it. That's a, that's a good reminder. I'm like, it's getting cold. Maybe I should really get on that and make some. Anyways, uh, my tip is to give yourself permission to put yourself first. And I wanted to get, get specific about that. So I had an example this week where my husband um, is switching jobs. And so he had this work event. And I, I will emphasize it's a pretty casual thing. Like he is working at a new CrossFit gym. So we we're meeting up at the gym and then we're going to go to dinner afterwards. And I knew it was going to be pushing it at t- like time wise for Remy's bedtime. But I was like, you know what? Like he's pretty, pretty good trooper. Like we're meeting at six. Like maybe I just leave dinner a little earlier. Like worst case, I kind of just grab our meals and pack them up and, you know, finish mine at home or something like that. But I really wanted to go because I knew some of the people there and I, you know, wanted to like be social, social and meet his new coworkers. And so, of course, that day, Remy had a really short nap, and we get to the gym, and we were there for probably for, like, 20 minutes, and, like, it is clear that Remy is just fading fast, and it was one of those things also where I'm like, all right, it's already, you know, we were supposed to leave for dinner 10 minutes ago, and they're still, like, painting things on the wall, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, they're not moving anytime soon, so um, I was just like, you know what, like, we're going to go home. And we didn't have two cars, so my husband my husband had to drive me. I mean, we were about 15 minutes from home, so it was definitely out of the way. But I was like, you know what? Drive us home. You can come back and just meet them at dinner. Like, we're not going to – I'm not going to put Remy through this. Like, it's going to be miserable. Like, I'm going to be spending all dinner trying to probably settle him. Um, and then usually if he gets super overtired, it's just so hard to put him down. Like, we're just going to pay for this all night. Like, it's not worth it anymore. And I feel like normally just like a year ago in a situation like that, I would have just – sat there quietly and not had the guts to like speak up for myself and just put myself first and put my child first. Uh, I would have been like way too embarrassed to be that mom that's like leaving because like he was still in good spirits. You know what I mean? Like, but clearly as a mom, you know, your child and you know when they're about to fade. So, you know, I was just like, you know what? No, I really don't care. And I got home and it was like, I didn't care. Like normally I would have so much anxiety and like, oh my God, what do they think about me and things like that. So anyways, just proof that like, putting in this thought work and mindfulness work that we like talk about, it actually really does pay off. And yeah, it's, you can put yourself first and not feel guilty about it. And it feels pretty awesome. <laughs> I saw your post about this and I just, I loved it because that's something that, and I think that your example is something that's so helpful to really relate it. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, put myself first. And you think it's like, Oh, well, let me go get a pedicure or a haircut <laughs> or take a shower. But something like, hey, you know what? This is going to be a rough night if we stay out. And you had said something, I think, in your post that really rung true is that not only would you have had a miserable time, but then you may have blamed Adam for it later. And mm-hmm. that's something that I've done in the past. Like, oh, 
well, why didn't we leave two hours ago or something like that? Well, why didn't I say? And and I, I'd be mad at my husband for it. And he's like, well, why didn't you just tell me you were ready to leave? Like, totally. To at it. No, just yeah. say like, hey, we need to go. <laughs> yeah. I would have so, been like, did you see that Remy was tired? You should have offered to drive us home. Yeah. Like totally. Right. Yeah. So I, I am so like proud of you. Pat yourself on the back for that one because it's Thanks. hard. <laughs> it's a hard thing to do. And I love that you did it. Yeah, thanks. I'm I'm proud of myself, too. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to move on to our topics of the week. This week, we're talking about limiting beliefs. Andrea's going to take the lead on this one, and I will add in as I see fit. So let's get started. Awesome. So first thing, let's define limiting beliefs a little bit. Um, This is my definition. I'm sure there's other ones out there, but I've defined it as a limiting belief is a thought pattern that we have that we assume to be true, but it doesn't serve us. And these limiting beliefs can be about ourselves, about other people, about our kids, just about how the world works. It really can be anything, any thought that is not serving us. And when it comes to beliefs about ourselves, I'm going to be honest and say I've never heard one from one of my clients or even just like when I'm talking to people on, you know, messenger or anything like that, that is actually true. Like they are always bullshit. So some common examples are things like I am lazy. I'm a bad mom. I always lose my temper. I'm never good at, you know, this and this. I could never achieve X. Just I'm not good enough. Um, And there's probably a ton others. And then just as examples about others, it might be something like my boss is always rude or my mother-in-law is trying to sabotage me. My husband is working late to avoid spending time with me, uh, things like that. So for the purpose of this episode, I'm going to focus on our ones about ourselves. So what I want to start this with is when I first heard about limiting beliefs, probably, I don't know, 10 years ago, a long time ago, I totally ignored them and didn't listen to anything that I heard about it. Or I was just kind of like, Psh. because my mindset was clearly you don't know me because mine are true and they can't be changed. Like I really am just lazy and not good enough. Like I couldn't even listen to the advice given because I was so ingrained in my own thought patterns of their true. And therefore like, there's no point in trying to change them because <clears throat> what it's just not right. Like I truly am just bad at this or I am a bad person. So I ignore my dealing with mine for years, clearly. And what I want to start with is if anybody else is falling into that and I wish I had been told then, because I don't know, maybe I would have listened. Maybe I wouldn't have. I don't know. But even if you are thinking that, even if you are believing they're true, it doesn't actually matter if they are true or not. This still applies. So even if you're like, no, I am a lazy person or yes, I'm a bad mom. I've done all these things that are bad. It doesn't matter. Keep listening because it doesn't matter if the thought's true. All that matters is if it's not serving you, then you can shift them. And so believing you are a bad mom or that you're lazy or you're not good enough does not serve anybody. So that is a very blanket statement that I can make because there's no there, there's no benefit to believing that. And so therefore you can shift it no matter how true you feel it is. So, um, and the reason why is because be- believing something like that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think sometimes it's easier to see with other people. 
So, so I'll shift to the example of other people real quick, but, um, like, let's say you have that person that is just the person in your office who's just like super annoying or that like person, you know, who's just like always up in everybody's business. And I don't know, asking all these questions and just, you feel are really nosy, something like that. And so you already just, whatever, generally don't like this person and they make some comment, I don't know about someone else. And your initial instinct is like, Oh my gosh, gosh, that person is such like a, you know, a gossiper, like they're so rude, whatever. You have all these thoughts about, about them. But then if your best friend were to make that exact comment, you'd probably be like, Oh, haha, that's funny. Or you just like wouldn't bother you as much. And it's because when you have these beliefs about that person, about them being rude or gossipy, you're going to look for those things to prove yourself true. So if you have beliefs about yourself being lazy, then anytime you take a break to sit on a couch, you're going to be like, look how lazy I am. And ignoring the fact that you're sitting on the couch because you just cleaned the kitchen for 15 minutes. Is this all ringing true, Beth? You all? Definitely. I'm, I am sucking it all in. <laughs> okay. And so, so yeah, you, you will just continue to look for things to prove it true. So if your belief is I'm a bad mom, like this week, for example, when I, you know, slammed my kid's thumb in a door, I could have looked at that and been like, see, this is proof that I'm a terrible mom. And then, you know, and I probably hit his head putting him into the car. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, see, again, I'm a terrible mom. Like, or, you know, when there's a toddler and you don't see the creep up behind you and you accidentally knock them over, like, I'm a terrible mom. Like, you just look for those things over and over and you miss all the good moments. And so, again, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy to believe this. So if you want to be different, then you have to start changing your belief. So if um, I keep using the bad mom example just because this is a mom's podcast, but it's like if you want to be a good mom, then then you have to start believing that you are a good mom. So, um, I mean, when it comes down to it, it's like, what is the negative side effect of believing that? Like there is none. I mean, the worst case that happens is that you, you know, don't live up to it. I'm putting that in quotes because again, all these thoughts are probably bullshit in the first place. And you're probably, I mean, I know you're an amazing mom because you're listening to this and you care enough to listen to enough about a podcast about parenting. Like, therefore I already know you're a good mom. So here's the thing. So maybe you don't live up to your own standards, but like big whoop, no one is perfect. Um, but the reason even that piece bothers us that we're scared to shift our thoughts and not live up to us is because of limiting beliefs. Shocker, right? So that's that like underlying belief that a lot of women have of if I'm not perfect, then I won't be loved or something like that. So it's like a perfectionist belief that is limiting us. So if you don't achieve your certain goals, you know, maybe you're like, okay, well, fine. So I'm not, I'm going to believe that I'm not lazy. So therefore I'm going to clean the house and get this done to prove it. And you don't do it. Like, so what, what is the big deal? You probably cleaned a little bit more than you would have. And even if you didn't, I'll bet you learned something about yourself. Like, actually, it's impossible to clean while I have four children running around and it's just not going to happen. And I actually don't care that much. So it's like, then you've learned this awesome goal from it. Like, there's no, no one's going to come down and smack you on the back of the head or something. I don't know. Like, we're, we're all adults here. So, um, well, I okay. was going to yeah. say mm-hmm. something quick. I feel like a lot of these limiting beliefs are very, um, 
they're not quantitative. So there's no way to really measure. So something that if you're trying to decide, well, is this a limiting belief? You might think, well, okay, so if we go with the bad mom example, well, what defines a bad mom versus a good mom? There is nothing that says like, hey, if you do X, Y, and Z, you're a good mom. If you do X, Y, and Z, you know, or A, B, and C, you're a bad mom. That's not, there's, there's nothing that defines that. So a lot of these things are just, they're just statements. They're just comments. They're, they're adjectives that you're throwing in, in a place and there's no way to truly define it. And, and I would say that it might often, we talked about values with my, um, my real mom moment of the week, it might come back to value. So if you value motherhood and you value what you're doing and you're not, and, and you feel like you're not living up to that value, that's all pressure that you're putting on yourself or maybe somebody else is, is not living up to the value that you have. So, so I would say that that kind of may be how impactful the limiting belief is, is how strongly it relates to one of your values. Yeah, definitely. I think that is such a great point. Absolutely. So that leads to the question of how do we shift them? How do we change them? Because it's obviously you're not going to go from like believing I'm not good enough to I'm the most amazing person in the world. Like that's not going to happen. And in fact, if you start shifting, your like trying to believe something like that, like that feels very extreme from your underlying belief, your brain will probably just retaliate and give you about a thousand reasons of why that's not true. So if you're like going from I'm lazy to I'm super productive and I get everything done, your brain's going to be like, ha, yeah, right. And it's going to give you a million reasons why that's not true. So you don't want to shift from, you know, this really negative belief to this like super positive one. Um, I, you know, and I haven't said a body image belief in here, but that's another one of just like, you know, my body is ugly or, you know, something like that. You don't want to be like, I hate the way I look to, damn, I'm like the sexiest person in the world and I should be a Victoria's Secret model. Like your body's going to be like, nah. <laughs> so it's about finding this like place on the spectrum to towards that belief to, to like that you, that you yourself can believe. Sorry, I'm tripping my words here. All right. So one of the best ways is to journal this. All right. So I really, really want to emphasize this point. This is a scientifically proven thing that when you write things down, it has a very, very different process than when you're thinking things in your head. And writing with a pen and paper is what does that. It does not have the same effect when you're writing on the computer. Although, I mean, like if you just that's all you have, then it's better than nothing. But I would definitely highly encourage pen and paper. So you can, again, when you think these through, it just like the, the thoughts tend to cycle more. You just tend to like get stuck in this like vicious spiral of thoughts versus when you write things down, you can really complete them out. Um, and the belief is going to just tend to pass a lot more. So um, I have a handout that I want to gift to everybody. So there'll be a download page with it in the notes and it's about how to shift them. All right. Because I think I don't really know if me talking through every single prompt is that beneficial just because I don't think anyone's going to sit here and like pause and unpause the podcast. It's much, much easier to have this like printed out and like you'd be nice and comfy cozy in your place with your journal. But I will uh, just talk through it just pretty quickly. So I have a list of prompts on how to shift them. So 
um, for example, you're going to think, think of like, how do I feel when I think this thought? So if you're thinking I'm lazy or I'm a bad mom, it's like, what emotions does that bring up? Um, if you're, you know, the next one is how may this belief be keeping me safe or have protected me in the past? And a lot of times that, that protection might even be from ourselves. So it might protect us like, oh, from failure. If I already know I'm a bad mom, then when I do something bad, I don't have to like, I don't know, feel like a failure again and again and again. Um, or sometimes it can be, you know, more extreme things like, well, when I was being raised, you know, my, my parents always told me I was bad. And so therefore, like I had to kind of conform to their beliefs for like, you know, quote unquote survival, because as kids, that's kind of what we do. We just believe and soak up what's been being told to us. So sometimes it's just survival mechanisms. Sometimes maybe you were in a job where you had to, you know, like, like for perfectionist qualities that were like perfectionism is, is incredibly important. So you just carried that over into your whole life, for example. Um, so they can come from anywhere. Just again, when you journal on it, it'll come up. And then there's a whole series of questions about like, what would your life look like if this thought wasn't true? So if all of a sudden, if you just believed you were a good mom, what would your life look like? And so for, you know, for example, that might be like, well, you know, I'd be able to spend a lot more time with my kids and that just feel good and just be happy around them, um, be able to move past, you know, certain incidents that happen really easily and then move into the good stuff again. Um it's also asked about how it impact other people in your life. So your children would probably actually be a lot happier if you had that belief because you're going to, again, conform to what you are believing in. And then lastly, it's what can I do daily to anchor this new belief? So as much as I'd love to say, oh, yeah, all you have to do is, you know, journal through these prompts and poof, you know, you believe you're a great mom all of a sudden. Yeah, no, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> um, you can make significant shifts. I promise you by journaling once, like it will absolutely make significant shifts, but you have to then anchor it in daily. So once you've come up with your new belief, which is one of the prompts, um, one thing is just to say it to yourself daily, wake up and write it down in your journal, or just say it three times in your head or throughout the day. Um, so you might shift from I'm a bad mom to I'm a mom, like keep it neutral. That's always like a really good thing to do is just go neutral if you can't go positive. Because um, you can't deny that you're a mom, right? Like you are. <laughs> um, or you can't deny you can just say, I'm a person, you know, just keep it as neutral as possible. I don't know if you can hear my toddler screaming in the background. <laughs> That's okay. I want to make a note. I love the neutral comment. I was thinking about it when you talked about the body awareness thing. It's like you don't necessarily have to love everything about your body. You know, you don't have to love it. But you just, you don't need to feel anything about it. Your body is your body. You can be glad that it does what it does. You can, you know, but again, like, it's like, hey, I have arms. I have legs. Or maybe you mm -hmm. don't, you know, and that's okay. So it's just being neutral is totally fine. You don't have to be 100% happy and ecstatic all the time. Yeah. And being 100% happy and ecstatic all the time is also not normal. So that can, you know, be a different discussion. Yeah. Like this is not, we're not aiming for 100% happiness, guys. That's not, that's not normal. Like, I don't know what that would be, but it's not normal. <laughs> it's okay to have negative feelings. We just want them to be serving us or, you know, teach, you know, like, helping us build resiliency and moving on from them. Like they're just, they're just there. So um, I do want to say that if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't think I have any negative beliefs, you know, but 
you're also not where you want to be in life, then there's definitely like a, a conflict there. Okay. So if you are like, Hey, I've actually done this thought work. I'm exactly where I want to be, where I thought I would be. I'm like a hundred, you know, like percent, like happy with where I am, not hundred percent happy all day long, but with where you are and like what you've achieved and what you're doing and you know, you wouldn't change a single thing then. I mean, maybe you've gone through this work, but honestly, if you have not done this specific work, I just would find it really hard to believe that there's somebody that exists that does not have limiting beliefs because even people who do this for a living still have limiting beliefs. Like it's just part of human nature that we do this. So that's why we have to do this work around it. So I did want to give an example of this and then I'll stop talking. <laughs> um, but when I was doing this, uh, well, I still do this, but one of my things when I was doing it was around money. So my, my life coach was telling me that I should journal around money and that she thinks I had some limiting beliefs there. And I'm like, no, I don't like, I love money. I want more of it. Like we're struggling to pay our bills every month. Why the hell would I not want more money? And she's like, well, that's exactly why I think you should be doing this because of the fact that you guys, you know, aren't where you want to be money wise. Like there's probably some limiting beliefs that are holding you back. And like, I kind of ignored her for a while and just was like, that seems so weird. Like I can spend money like, whoa, like I have no problem with it. So I, um, decided that I would finally listen to her. And when I started writing things down, all of a sudden what came out was, I don't want to raise another entitled white male because I have a son. And I was like, holy shit, like, that's huge. Like, that's a huge, like, that's going to stop me from ever becoming like any hitting at any of my income goals. If I don't want to raise a son who has money, you know, or who's in a family that's wealthy. So why would I ever allow myself to become wealthy? So point being is there can be some shit in there in your brain that you just don't even know. Like I had no, I, I would have never gone there in my head. When you write things down, stuff just comes out, guys. I promise it might take a little bit of practice if you've never done it, but your, your brain will just brain dump on paper and things that you had no idea will just come out. So I just urge you to test it out. Um, even if, again, you're kind of like, oh, I don't know if I have any or I don't know if this is true for me. Just write things down. Worst case, you wrote some things down and you don't get anything out of it. Like, what's the big deal? <laughs> so that's that. Any questions? That was that was so enlightening. I, I appreciated it so much. I want to make a note because we talked about a little bit more about journaling in our very first episode when we learned about Andrea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about uh, brain dumping and also about expressive writing, which if you are hesitant to actually let yourself go and write things on paper, I might look into that because the end of it, you rip it up and you throw it away. So I just, that's sort of the, like, you know, if there's a block of like, I don't, I'm afraid to write this stuff down because I don't know what's going to come out. You don't have to keep it. You know, you can learn from it, what have you, but you don't have to keep it. You can, you can burn it if you like. But I do, I think that it's important to note that you're not going you're probably not going to get rid of all of your limiting beliefs. You mentioned that everybody has them and we we cannot control our thoughts. We can control what we do with our thoughts. So, you know, we can kind of work to change them and if we keep saying, "Hey, I'm a bad mom." Well, then and and we kind of let our that kind of take over and and do that, then we're going to act on it and we're going to start doing things that quote unquote makes us a bad quote, a bad mom. So, 
it's something that, yeah, I think the goal would be to kind of rotate through, make your, you know, get rid of the, you know, the superficial limiting beliefs initially, start with the ones that are maybe a little bit easier to tackle and then find the ones that are, oh, maybe impacting how you do your business. Like you just said, you know, you'd had no idea that this was a, a thought process that you had that may be limiting you from make being successful. So it's, it's, you know, you have to start, you have to start at the top and work your way down. And I think, I think that that's something that we all, we all can use. So thank you, Andrea. Yeah. And if you're having, like, I have a few examples on my handout, but if you're having trouble, like coming up with them, you're like, I just don't even know where to start or how to come up with like the phrase to journal on, then like just Google limiting belief examples. I mean, there's like, I feel like lists of them. And I remember when I was doing this because I had, I had trouble, like, again, just identifying like a phrase. Um, I remember reading through a list and being like, I have every single one of these and there's probably like 50 of them. Um, and you know what, just start at the top or start with whatever one resonates the most. Like know that that's not abnormal. It's actually, I don't know, pretty normal nowadays with just everything that's how society is structured. So, um, it's okay. Like that's totally fine. And yes, Beth is right. Like you, it's, it's normal to have more limiting beliefs. Like I am still working through limiting beliefs. I know like the life coach I work with still does this journaling exercise with her limiting beliefs. If you listen to someone like if you've heard of Brooke Castillo, which if you haven't heard of her and you want to like hear more about this stuff, definitely listen to her podcast. We can link to it because it's um, she's a life coach and she's just amazing. But I mean, she's been doing this, like she trains life coaches and she still works through her limiting beliefs. Like, it's not about getting rid of them. It's about addressing them and just like moving on. And then when you hit another roadblock, you figure out, huh, what limiting beliefs are around this? You address them, move on, hit a roadblock. You know what I mean? And just, just keep going through that. That's what helps keep you moving forward in life. It's not like that anything is wrong. It's just stopping us from getting to where we want to be. So we address them. That's all. Perfect. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Follow us on social media for news, updates, and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Feats of Real Eats, and Andrea at Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.